Quick flash there of uh, Trent Lowe's undercarriage. Hey, podcast listener, you're listening to the Semi Pro Cycling Podcast, the weekly podcast where we discuss all the issues that cyclists talk about. Whether you're out training, commuting, or just riding around, sit down and listen in because we're about to begin. Yo-ho! Welcome to episode 9 of the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, where we believe that semi-pro cyclists don't train with triathletes. If you stick around to the end, I'll fill you in on the quote from the top of the show and let you know who pulled his wang out in front of the camera. The podcast, it is on iTunes, and you can subscribe by going to semiprocycling.com and clicking on the iTunes picture. Also, if you like the show, please take some time out and give it a review on iTunes. Thanks. Straight to the news, and wow, wow, wow. What are we talking about? We're talking about Lance. And and before it even really began, it was over. He made his play, and by not challenging the USA DA, the outcome was swift, rapid, came in, cut off, 10 years plus of results. Bam. Now, here's my take on it. There is no doubt in my mind that he's guilty. And by not entering into the battle, he gets to control somewhat his message and his legacy. This move, which, just like every other defense against this issue, is to claim an unfair fight rather than his innocence. Just like this outcome, his legacy in cycling and cancer awareness is left up to you and me to decide. Personally, I have never donated to his foundation or worn a yellow wristband. Does this make me less of a supporter if I do not continue to donate? I'm not sure, but I know one thing. I will never defend him against non-cyclists. What about the sport? Where does it leave cycling? Cycling moved on long ago. It's only the non-believers that make noise. The real believers just get on with it and have been getting on with it. As long as there is a love for riding itself, there will always be support for pro-cycling. One other interesting take that popped into my mind is, did we have a clean peloton this year? Have we had a clean peloton? Because GB could be benefiting from a clean peloton in addition to their clean culture. Their methods have shone this year, and is it just a coincidence, or is it their time? Back to Lance. I never considered him a cheater, but the developments over the past two years indicate that there is no way that he's not. Put it down to naivety or selective ignorance or not even caring enough... It wasn't until I watched Tyler Hamilton's interview on 60 Minutes that my mind was made up. It was raw and it was real. This wasn't a man that talked lightly about his own legacy, let alone the pressure of bringing down an American hero. As to the man himself, my final statement on the matter is a question to you. If he's innocent, then he's a man that has been done wrong by, and we can stand behind him 100%. If he's guilty of the charges then he is calculating, manipulative, and most importantly, unremorseful. So, you decide. I was going to do a well to wrap up, because it has been awesome racing. Unfortunately, Lance's shadow cast itself over this week's episode. I will get back to you about that race next week. I'm really enjoying just watching it. It's unfolding every single day. It's amazing watching. And there's been less crashes, which is kind of cool. But I'll get into that all next week. So let's just get straight to the nuts and bolts and four steps to a stress-free race day. We're going to take a look today at tweaking your pre-race routine. Any race day can be stressful, especially if there is something big on the line. Your performance on the day is dependent on three factors. Your 
physical and nutritional preparation, your mental preparation, and your pre-race warm-up. Putting time into planning your pre-race routine will save vital energy from being sucked away by wasted time and effort. Ultimately, it would be great if someone could do this for us, but alas, we are semi-pros, not pros. So we need to take it on our own hands and ensure that our systems are tight. Having a system in place ensures that nothing is left to chance, and it also builds up habits that protect us from stress. The system below is built on my own experience in self-supported races, meaning I'm the person getting everything done. No swannies for me. My main idea behind this episode is to list out all the elements involved so you can get an idea of the level of detail involved in putting together a complete race plan. It is a comprehensive list, but please don't get overwhelmed. In the next few weeks, I'm going to be bundling it all up together into a race day pack with checklists and warm-ups so you can customize it for your own pre-race routine. So let's get to it. Number one, the home base. So here we're talking about where you are located, whether it is at your actual home or a hotel or somewhere else, this is where the prep starts. The day before, shower. Do not waste energy showering on the day of the race. It's as simple as that. There's no point doing it before the race in the morning. And night before, I got a checklist here. So if we run through the checklist, first we're checking the bike. Is it tuned? Now, there's a different, couple of different scenarios when it comes to having your bike ready for a race. One is the easiest one where the race is on one day and you have nothing building up. And if it's a road race, you're not going out racing any specific circuits or whatever. But if we're talking cross or mountain bike, then we are specifically getting to the race possibly a day or two before and we're doing laps of the actual race. So our bike's getting dirty. So my idea here is just to have it tuned. So completing a practice lap, cleaning it straight away and getting it ready while you're there in the moment so you don't have to think about it later on so we've got it cleaned and we've got it fully checked so everything's working fine we're doing a full once over tightening all the nuts and bolts everything getting tuned perfectly especially these days of carbon bikes getting that torque wrench out and make sure everything's there it's just for peace of mind okay wheels race wheels checking psi spare wheels checking psi and even a spare wheel as far as the rear wheel that's going to jump on if you've got an ergo and you're doing a warm-up on a trainer tools and spares toolkit ready packed We've got floor pump, hand pump, tubes, tire levers. If it is mountain biking, we've got a fully self-sufficient pack ready to go. Everything is fresh, tire levers, everything is taped on. Whether that's taped to the bike or you're carrying it in your pocket, it's just ready and you've got it where you know where it is and you can pick it up with no problems the next day. The warm-up. We've got ergo or rollers. We've got cotton balls and oil. We've got our breathe rights. We've got our embrodication cream. We've got a towel. Everything there prepped ready to go so that's easy to set up but we'll get to setups in a moment clothing before and after casual socks shoes pants top and jacket before and after socks shoes leg warmers arm warmers jacket our racing kit our jersey our gloves our helmet our socks our undershirt we want dry clothes to start with dry clothes to finish with dry clothes after our warm-up there is a lot of things going on you can't just throw it all in a bag and hope that it's there when you get there it's best just having a plan for what's actually going to be used on the day then we're moving to food and drink we want our food and drink for before during the race and after the race we want this totally prepped if it's going to be in the fridge we're going to pull it out the next day but otherwise we're packing everything the night before and other miscellaneous items license 
if you're going and you have to register, you want to take your license, your money to pay for the actual parking, race, whatever you need, the food afterwards, you want to have that all sorted the night before. And another important factor which sets up a really good framework as to what time you have to do things and how much you can fit in between those time slots so you just know where you are at any given point before the race. So you're setting the following time schedule for these events. Bedtime for optimum sleep. Wake up time so you can eat breakfast on time. You can get to breakfast. You set a breakfast time so that you leave enough digestion time before the actual race. Leaving house with plenty of time to travel to the race. This is pretty important if you are in an urban environment but if you're unfamiliar with where the race is and you've never been there before then it's going to be just as important. Race time so you can plan your warm up and you don't miss the start. B race day. So we're still at our home at our HQ. We're waking up, we're eating breakfast two to four hours before the race. I've got a list of some interesting foods. It's a bit of a detour but I came across it and I thought there'd be no point in not adding it. Preparation to leave. We run through the checklist again. If there's anything there that hasn't been packed because it's in the fridge or whatever, like I was mentioning, food and drinks, then this is the time to now add them to your cool bag and get them in the car. When we get to the race site, there's a lot of things you've got to do as a solo person getting to a race site. You First, you've got to register, so you've got to confirm your start time and you've got to set that to your watch or your computer or whatever you're telling the time with this is so important it is so vital to have this information with you it gives you a sense of full calm if you know that you're in control and you have plenty of time to do exactly what you've planned out to do also pin your race number on your clothes and your bike and all your bike this is just going to stop you stuffing around later you probably are going to be warming up with one jersey and then changing to another so it's quite easy just to put it on while you're wearing you will actually probably still be wearing some clothes prepare your gear okay once everything is set race gear is all there prepare your gear now what i mean by this is your bike again if you've had to take wheels off to get it in the car take them off also you're setting up your warm-up area so you're setting up your ergo your towel your drink your post warm-up food your little thing that your wheel goes on. So once that is all set up, then you're moving into the warm-up itself. So the warm-up for me, it is the one thing that can most likely break your race if not done right or at all. I don't know if you've been to pro races, but I have been to some pro races where it was a major surprise to me that pro road riders do not get out of the team bus and do any warm-up. They usually just roll straight to the starting line. Unless they're getting out of the cars beforehand, grabbing coffee or souvenirs, they're just rolling out. But you can afford to do that in a road race. Generally, a road race, especially a pro race, road race, is not going to get going until there's time. Sure, dudes jump from the, from the start, but those guys will be peaked, but everybody else can take a little bit more time. So if you are racing in a race like a time trial, a mountain bike race, a crit, a cross. It is necessary to bust out from the gun for your peak effort. And that's when you need to warm up. I want to take a closer look at warm-ups because they are the 80-20 of the pre-race routine. What I am going to focus on now, though, is the elements surrounding the warm-up rather than the warm-up itself. I'm saving that one for next week because it deserves an entire episode of its own. There's a lot to go into it. And I really want to take some extra time to explain different parts of the warm-up, new research, and how you can get the best from all of it. 
So here you will find a list of useful ideas and tools for a better warm-up. While, yes, you are going to need a trainer, ergo rollers or whatever, there are some other things that can help in certain situations and such as hot and cold weather. So let's start with weather. The cooler the day, the longer you would want to warm up. So you'll be wearing layers of clothing. So make sure that you're stripping these off as you're doing the warm-up. In hot weather, having an electric fan for warm-ups is a pretty cool idea. I came across this. Alan Lim was the guy that introduced this to the Garmin team. It's fairly simple. And yeah, we, most of us, I know I use an electric fan when I'm doing any ergo work at home. So why not take it out and figure out a way you can plug it into your car and use it while you're doing your warm-up. Another thing that I've seen around the, around the Pro Tour a little bit is ice vests. Now, ice vests, they do cost around 250 bucks. I've seen Cadell and Tony Martin, for example, using them, where the idea is that you're keeping your core cool, so you're not overtaxing your cardiovascular system while you're actually trying to warm up your muscles. It's an interesting idea that I've never actually used it myself. I know that this technology was, I don't know if, if it was invented, but I know that it's been around for over 10 years. If you actually use this technology, I would be really interested to see whether it does make a difference. Okay, so cold weather, embrodication. We're talking about creams that are going to enable you not to use leg warmers if it's really cold, but also it's going to enable a deeper massage and warming your muscles and legs up extra to the warm-up. Integrating nutrition as part of the warm-up. So you're aiming to finish one bitten and your coffees. If you're going to have coffee, you're aiming to finish it all an hour before the start time. You can keep sipping on another bitten while you're warming up. But the majority of your liquids should be consumed and topped up with an hour to go. Other miscellaneous things that we can get into here. Now, this may sound dumb, we all know it, but you want a computer that runs on your rear wheel. Another fascinating thing, if you haven't noticed it, is when you watch pros warm up and they wear cotton balls shoved up their noses, what are they actually doing? Well, we're not just talking about warm-up if you're talking about Chris Froome because he rode this year's tour prologue by mistake with them still up his nose. The warm-up nose plugs are cotton balls soaked in Allbus oil, which are used to keep the airways open. It opens up the sinuses to help with breathing, and it helps clear stuffy noses. The oil is a decongestion oil made up of kajataput, clove oil, eucalyptus, juniper berry, leaven menthol, dementhalized mint oil, and wintergreen oil. All these ingredients clear the sinuses and airways so you can breathe in necessary oxygen for proper performance. The Masseur will prepare the cotton wool with the oil when he gives the riders the pre-race massage. While I'm, a, I'm on the topic of breathing and noses, if you do use a breather right, if you haven't, here's a little tip. Make sure that you put it on before you even break a sweat. It won't stay on properly otherwise. The pores will not allow it to adhere to your nose properly, and it won't do its job. So not only will you look funny, but you won't even get a benefit. One last tip. I tape my actual warm-up onto my top tube, so it's always there and I never have to think about to it, so I'm not wasting mental energy. I'm just looking down and running through the motions. There is a great article that I came across called The Practicalities in the Warm-Up. It has, it has seven things to look out for when you are considering putting together your pre-roast routine and the warm-up component within that. So number one, have a routine that prepares you physically and mentally. Number two, set your watch to the official race time so you won't be late. Number three, Time your warm-up to finish about 10 minutes before your race start. Number four, know where the start is and how long it will take to get there. Factor this into the warm-up. Number five, give yourself a five-minute cushion to get to the starting area. Make sure you're sweating 
but towel off after the warm-up. Number six, sit down or roll around and focus on the effort. Thinking about the desired wattage and heart rates for the effort you're about to put forth. Number seven, and the final one, arrive at the line ready to go. So once we've done our warm-up, post-warm-up, there's parts of that in that what I was just talking about, but then there is setting up the bike, so changing the wheel if you've been using a different wheel for the trainer, going to the toilet and changing your clothes, putting on another set of clothing. I know pros go out and change clothes. I don't know what all semi-pros do, but I'm sure you can find another top to put on afterwards. Then... Number four, we get to the race. We want to arrive at the start line or the staging area with plenty of time, but also warm and ready to go. A big thing here is to stay focused on your race and limit the interaction with others. Well, I'm talking for myself here. Specifically, I find it very hard to stay focused while I'm chatting on the start line. It may seem a bit rude and I may have my game face on. Don't take it personal, anyone. That's just the way that I roll. And you're away. Like I said at the start, there is a lot that goes into your pre-race routine, so don't be overwhelmed at this stage. I'm going to pull all this information together in a pack so you can really experience stress-free race days. Let's get to the tech, hacks, and products section. And now I want to talk to you about ASOS. Specifically, the Intermediate Evo jersey. I know ASOS is riding gear for the ballers out there, but I happened to score one of these jerseys off a friend a few years ago, and it eventually convinced me to buy more of their products. They have two great taglines. The first is a classic, sponsor yourself. And the second sums it up for me, buy less, buy better. Back to the jersey. Holy shit, I love this thing. To say it's my favorite piece of clothing does not do it justice. It not only does the job of keeping the cold out, but it looks good as well. It has a wind-blocking material, the ASOS Airblock 799, whatever that is. It works. It's effective down to around 2 degrees C, and at that temp, I only wear a merino layer underneath. Other than its practical ability, the cut is amazing. I have never worn a long-sleeve jersey with such an accurate cut on the sleeves. The styling is plain and slick. It's not over-the-top Eurocool. The sleeves are extra long so they don't creep up, and the three rear pockets are complemented by a smaller zipped pocket on the right-hand side. I can't say anything about this jersey. I bought a matching vest, and while it's just as solid, the neck piece is just a little too long, so I can't zip it up, and it really gives me the shits. I think they've changed that in the later models, so I imagine the later models now would be a perfect complement. But damn, this is a good jersey. I am totally recommending the spend. And I found right now on Wiggle, as we speak, you may not be able to get black, which is what I roll in, but you can get one of these for 134 bucks. I would jump on that. That's a crazy price considering they were like 250 when they first came out. So that's my recommendation. Go and get on it. That quote from the top of the show, it's Trent Lowe getting his wang out at a city criterium in New South Wales somewhere. Pretty funny stuff. Pretty funny stuff that someone's even put it up on YouTube and they've got a slow-mo of his wang. So Trent, sorry buddy, it's out there for everyone to see. I'm sure you've seen it already. The video's been around a little while. And that's it. Till next week, get on your bike and enjoy the pain cave or the hurt box, whichever one you're into. Are Australians obsessed with, with peeing off the bike? I'm Honestly, when I was there, the, 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 the guy, the radio guy, he was, he said, uh, what did he say? I'm dying for a whiz.